Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello and welcome to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. And the more woo amongst you will have realized we are on angel numbers today, one, one, one. And um, because of this, we've decided to shape the conversation we have around that. So I'm like the type of person who anyone close to me knows that if I ever see like a 666 on a number plate or if the clock's at 444 or whatever, I'm like, angel numbers, angel numbers. <laughs> now, for those of us that don't really know, or in particular, what does this, does this angel number in particular mean anything? Because I now notice when it's 1111 on my phone. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. Means. So can you tell me what's the meaning? Oh, God. Um, well, it just means, that I think you can take it as you want. To me, it means that my angel's, are there supporting me and more than that it just means that I'm kind of on the right path so I remember I when I look back my first job that I used to that I was kind of yeah a good opportunity but brought me a lot of kind of sadness as well I used to see 11 11 all the time like every single day and I didn't really understand it back then. And when I look back, I feel like it was someone saying, keep going. It's okay. Like, you know, mm. this isn't forever. And and I just feel it's like this little reminder. And I think you can take it as tongue in cheek or as serious as you want. And some people, I know Manifestation Babe actually goes into what each number means. Like 666 means something, mm. 444. To me, it's just a very simple, okay, yeah, everything's okay. Keep going. Like, that's it just as simple as that for me so that's how I see them yeah but my brothers started being like he'll send me screenshots they're like angel numbers and I'm like yeah okay because he's not woo woo at all but it just makes me giggle because I've obviously influenced him just by going on about it so so much but yeah, so um, it's one 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 today, episode one one one. Cheryl, blooming heck! It's literally when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, we've made it!" And it's funny because I'm not someone who very long ago would have been noticing them. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who introduced me. I wonder. If, I don't know if it was manifestation, babe. Someone else that just this idea of angel numbers. And once you do like start to click onto them, as I said, like I do see. Actually, I've not seen them recently, so maybe it's not a good time. Um, I'm not busy. I did go through a phase though where definitely I've started to notice that like I'd like pick up my phone at exactly 11 11 like, yeah yeah and just on that it's not necessarily it's not a good time but maybe your awareness isn't there so maybe just yeah. kind of put an intention it's it's like for me with robins and I know a lot of people have this with robins robins I kind of represent those that have passed to people mm. And um, my mum used to do it, so I've picked it up. And it's actually really weird. My mum is very kind of spiritual. I see robins all the time, like constantly, all the time. And I know that's spirit kind of being like, we're here, don't worry. And my mum feels sad sometimes because she stopped kind of seeing them a lot. Um, And it's really weird. And, you know, sometimes it's 
it's just the way it is and it's kind of not don't get too caught up on it you know it's like if I call her and I go on a walk and I see one I kind of say like oh here's a robin for you, you know? um, and things like feathers and I think you know we're going to go into the episode but any sign that is um means something to you I have a number that is like huge in my life that is like a real big like you know you're all good sort of number so I think whatever you have um just let that be in kind of you know it doesn't have to be numbers or birds or anything but whatever it is for you and they can change and, and stuff like that but yeah so let's enter the woo-woo so when me and Sherelle Sherelle actually said we're doing one 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 didn't you <laughs> I did it was my that's what I'm saying I'm becoming an open woman that's like but ready for everything as I said I spotted it straight away and was like it's one 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 we need to do about woo-woo but I just wanted to make clear because mm-hmm. we need to define woo-woo because actually I don't quite understand how I'm assuming it was there's a time where I joined a few female entrepreneur groups and there's some woo-woo people in there and then I picked up the word but I was like I don't actually know how to describe it so I tried to go onto the internet to look for definition and then all I ended up getting was loads of pictures of the cocktail <laughs> and I was saying to oh my gosh it was like a throwback so for those who don't know like we were the cocktails like bright red mm. inside it's got vodka peach snaps cranberry and lime but I used to get it in jugs like in like someone like slugging lettuce and you'd be like two for x amount of pound and then you sit there with the girls pouring it out and I was like no that's not the woo-woo that I'm looking for but that took up the whole first page I think literally that's what it was so that might mean it's difficult for other people that are trying to find out so as an intro to woo-woo how would you describe it (laughs) I think basically just spirituality that's kind of what we mean so anything that is that bit more kind of um yeah like less rational less logical and um, more in touch with spirit tarot cards manifestation affirmations like all that side crystals. of life really crystals the moon, the moon um all those things so that's kind of what what we mean and I think a few years ago when Sherelle would have said to me it's one 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 I'd have been like great let's do like the top 10 like spiritual things we can do and let's like hold space and let's do affirmate and let's do all this and I've evolved since then and I actually want to have an honest conversation about woo woo because I adore it and I'm very much a spiritual person but I feel like there's a lot of stuff that is ignored in this space um and yeah I just think it's important for us as women trying to represent you as millennial women to have these conversations so basically this is just an honest conversation about the spiritual world and you know people who choose to take spiritual paths as I said I'm fully fully into that I'm completely spiritual Sherelle you probably dip your toe in yeah. certain aspects don't you yeah I give a few um, things about some things I think are a bit too wild yeah yeah so um okay so let's let's start so the first thing I want to look at is kind of why we are spiritual why people become spiritual so my kind of quick summary of my journey was I think I've always been spiritual and I think I've suppressed it And then when I broke up from my ex after 10 years, that's when it really kicked in. And the reason it kicked in was because I needed more 
than what I had around me and I think the best way to describe that is I needed hope and I needed strength and I needed faith Mm. now I was raised a Christian I went to um, Sunday school I went to church I was a rose queen if you don't know what that is google it I had to wear a big like fake wedding dress and I had a rest in you and oh god it's just weird I did not know this about Rosie at all yeah so um google it rose queen and and learn about that if you want um and then at 14 years old I turned around to my mum and I was like I don't believe in God anymore I don't want to go to church and so I didn't but I was raised very strict kind of church of England um so was very religious for the first 14 years of my life which they actually say is um when they're talking about how your brain develops and your subconscious seven years is like your optimum so up to seven years that's really when your subconscious is learning and then but they say up to 14 it can still be learning um so if I think about that you know a lot of me my personality who I was was probably shaped from the stories that I heard read out to me from the bible and from congregation and things like that so it's really interesting for me to kind of so because of that experience I then went really anti-religion I was very much a religion just starts war you know it's it's a stupid thing it divides us I hate it you know I really saw the the bad side of it or I think like it just takes money off people you know all I remember is in church this tray going around collecting Mm -hmm. money and you could see people, some people couldn't even manage it and they were giving money and I just, it didn't make sense in my head. And, and so I had this really warped kind of view. And then I met someone, my, the person I was in a relationship with for 10 years was completely non-religious, never had anything to do with it. So then I kind of even went more like, oh, religion's stupid, da, 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 da. And then I suppose I mellowed in my twenties and started under, trying to understand it a bit more. Um, and was very blessed living in London that I came across people from many different backgrounds and who were of many different religions who would openly speak to me about their religion, about their family's religion, about their culture, etc. So I think slowly, slowly, you know, um, I became a bit more at ease with it. Um, but when I broke up from my ex, um, I basically just became really spiritual because I needed faith. And I think the point here is that I now am of a place where I completely understand the place of religion. I think religion is, it's hope, it's, it's strength, it's connection, it's, and yes, there are dark sides and yes, there are good sides, but I think, you know, um, I can understand why people, have it in their lives um, and it's not something that I would ever choose for myself um, but I do think spirituality is a form of religion it's just not pigeonholed oh. so that's kind of how I mm. feel about that rather than trying to judge or feel triggered by it or um, contained by it I think I I just see spirituality as an a part as an element of faith I suppose that's what I'm trying to say yeah now, that's very interesting so, to hear because I pretty much some of you was brought up in the church. I used to go to church and Sunday school with my grandma. Um, like every Sunday until I was 18, basically I went to uni. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, then I just stopped, didn't go anymore. And I never like 
didn't have that rebellion of it, but I didn't practice it anymore. It just sort of just like just dissolved. And I think actually when I, um, and I was probably in relationships with people who generally were pretty similar to me. So they had been brought up in a church, had weren't actively um, going to church anymore, but their family would definitely still say like they're all Christian, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I like, I suppose like my introduction to like some spiritual stuff, like, yeah, it, it actually got to a point where I think I did find religion I wasn't against it and I actually have friends that like of like different religions but I definitely lost this sort of understanding of like why one would be more like how can we have one god basically but then there's so many different religions underneath like why have we got so many religions that that was my sort of thing was I think I believe in god but I didn't quite understand why we have so many different religions um and yeah my actual I suppose like intro to spirituality would have been was like lots of people when I was in female entrepreneur circles starting to talk about it and I think I did have probably a bit of resistance at first because some of the books it just feels too like intangible and like this and but then and I think I had some sort of weight around like anything that would ever mention like like the universe and I'd be like what on earth is everyone on about but actually Mm -hmm. then over time I think I've just slow I think the more I started not just to judge it straight away off the bat, then the more I probably yeah. like dipped my toe in it and found things that I find useful. And I can really connect with what you're saying about, you know, why people do it from a place of like, like faith and hope. And like that, the thing, there is a real thing about strength when, especially I see it with people who are really religious, that I do think like you just have, you really do think there's better days ahead in those dark times. And that does get so many people through and it's a yeah. really natural thing to want to be able to have something to give you some hope yeah and I think um two things there that I want to pick up on that you said I think prayer is an interesting concept mm. I think people who have never practiced religion for a second in their life I can guarantee you in their darkest hour or in a element of desperation they will pray and it may not be to the thing that we all believe in or see or have learned about but there is an element of prayer there and the other thing is um I I always remember reading Eat Pray Love for the first time and she talking about God Mm -hmm. and that word oh my gosh used to trigger me and the reason it triggered me is because like as a victim of abuse I didn't want an old man looking over me because I didn't trust old men basically so I had to like really build my own god in my head and that ended up being like my grandma when she passed it was just like a natural kind of progression into because I just needed someone who I knew would protect me and not hurt me um and so that word always carried so much charge for me and then since I've seen a lot of people they basically say god is just like an easy word for whatever you want it to be so universe energy spirit world whatever it is you know so um you know that was like a bit of an evolution on that side of things I suppose no I think that evolution is really important because yeah I think I'm massively I'm probably similar in terms of just like it automatically triggers a whole load of associations that will just mm. pull me back into like the like the like the Christian religion rather than actually 
when I would read about like universal energy or the things because I didn't have anything connected to that I was able to I suppose make that my own where with God just I don't I feel like I don't have the power to like I feel like that's already enforced in my head about who God is if mm. that makes sense. Mm. yeah and I think the other thing you mentioned was that well why are we why are there so many different gods you know why have we got all the the Hindu gods you know Krishna and and you know um Lakshmi and all the goddesses within Hinduism and and then why do we have um you know um our our I'm saying our that's awful but the god that is attached to Christianity is also attached to the Catholic faith is also attached to the Jewish faith and Mm. how come they share one God and it's it's all of that isn't it but I think it's like just allowing that the past is the past and does yeah religion we could go into a whole other thing on religion but um yeah so I think that kind of first point was all about like I do believe spirituality is a type of faith for those who maybe just feel that they that the religion is outdated for them but they need something um and that's kind of probably where I felt um the next point I want to look at is um I suppose like mental health and the woo-woo so I used to be all very sweetness and light like you know kind of when people would say you know when I would work with clients and they'd be like I'm finding this hard and that hard and I'd be like look just just you know do a gratitude journal just kind of um you know um think about what you're grateful for when you wake up in the morning and do your affirmations and you know really try and like focus on what you have now rather than what you want and all this and I think that has a place somewhere but something again that I don't think is spoke about enough is people who have mental health challenges and the connection with spirituality so you know I've spoke about this before I suffer and have suffered from depression for my whole adult life and I have peaks and troughs and I know when I'm in a, a low nothing can pull me out of that I literally don't have the space in my head to be grateful I don't even know what grateful means like everything is um just so heavy and dark there's no and it's I've Googled it. I've Googled like the connection, you know, how do you be spiritual when you're suffering from depression or anxiety or if you're bipolar or whatever it may be. And I feel like there's so little out there on it. I feel like it is like just get through it and then start to practice your spirituality again. And it's just really interesting because it's at that time that you need this, this, and and it's like you can't access it and um because nothing and I I remember and I've I've said this a few times I remember when I had just left London and I was working in a call center in Blackpool and I was I was at a real low I don't think I realized I was depressed at the time but I must have been and I all I could be grateful for was that I could breathe because I literally that was the extent to my like level of thought like that's all I couldn't think of anything it had so many things you know a loving family a nice home a car a job but all I could think of was I can breathe and that's all I could say and I think for anyone listening to this who is like oh my gosh like thank you you know like I have mental health challenges and I really struggle with this connection with spirituality my approach now has been literally like 
I'm not even going to say step by step, like literally like millimeter by millimeter, like, you know, trying to say I can breathe and I'm grateful for that. Say that for 10 days, if that's all you can say, and then try and add something on, on the 11th day. Like, I think there's so much pressure on, you know, write a hundred things you're grateful for. And, <laughs> and you just like, when you are not in that right headspace, your brain just shuts down and then you end up going even worse. So that would be kind of my advice for me. Um, obviously, you know, please seek medical um, assistance if you are having challenges and you don't have that support, which I do. I have a therapist, you know, I've worked with doctors and stuff, but um, it's, it's, there's a, it's a sadness that I feel like when my depression is at its peak, I don't care where the moon's at. I don't care if she's full, if I should have my crystals <laughs> out, if I should burn something, if, because my, my brain is just trying to survive, you know? So I just wanted to kind of mention that as a, another aspect, really. No, I think it's a really important thing to mention because I think there can be, surprisingly, there actually can still be a lot of pressure in my head, in a way, we imagine like being spiritual is like the opposite of religion. Therefore, there isn't any pressures. But like you said, like you're you're still like you normally do your full moon circle. Like that mm. is a time in your calendar where like you commit to something. It's like you're not in the right place on that day. Like you're not. It doesn't matter if the moon is there. Um, yeah. So I think it is good to acknowledge that even if you whatever you are practicing now, that if you're not in the right like, place, not to feel guilty about that and not to try and drag yourself mm. out of it because. I think it can become a source of guilt where we feel like we're not doing all the work we should be doing. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, and yeah, I just, I just think it's, it's not discussed enough. Mm. Um, alongside um, this next point, which is kind of the woo-woo side when it comes to, I suppose maybe the best word to use is minority as a an umbrella word but more specifically black people and people of color but also class so mm. I can speak from a class point of view I'm very passionate about class I feel like it's a subject in this country that I just think is ignored I feel like people don't think it exists anymore and there's so many yeah. class issues in this country um and and then obviously Shirelle I'll, I'll you know you you can and speak and, and you know being a black woman in your experiences but um from a class point of view I think um you know let's look at manifestation and all this lot I love manifestation I think it works I've manifested so many incredible things in my life but you've got to be aware that when you are raised in a, a certain class and I will speak about working lower class um that you are going to have things that it's simply going to be a, a longer battle for you to manifest, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've manifested pretty much in every area of my life apart from money. And I have completely chastised myself on it. I've got so annoyed at myself. Meanwhile, I've had this conversation millions of times. I've read so many books. I have like, I know so much about what I need to do, how to do it, all of that. I've done it all. And then things just aren't working. And, you know, then you'll hear an expert or a coach or someone be like, just do this and just do that. And you're like, I'm trying so hard here. Like, I just, why is it not working? You get frustrated. And because of what I've been working on this past year, 
I've just kind of had this realization that there's just stuff because of how I was brought up, how I was raised in like this tiny terrace house in the middle of Blackpool with a super crappy primary school education. Um, you know, nobody around me who had like money so I could see what that looked like, you know, and I just kind of like gave myself permission to know that my journey is going to be very, very different mm. to someone else. Now, Sherelle, me and Sherelle, like in terms of like money, probably grew up similar in, in our money story. And I went one way, I went into spending mode and Sherelle went into saving mode. And I think that happens a lot. I think you go to one extreme kind of, don't yeah. you? Um, but yeah, it's just to kind of, again, I don't think it spoke about a lot in terms of we have so much um and and this is another point that I'll go on to more in a minute but put into our subconscious that we have to work through I I have friends who've never had trouble with money they were they were wealthy growing up or comfortable they've just walked into jobs they've always had savings and I can see things just fall into place for them and I get a bit annoyed (laughs) because I'm like this isn't fair and I'm trying to change that into actually seeing it as a that they're showing me what is possible but that's really hard to do and it takes a lot takes a big person and I just get annoyed at the minute (laughs) no and I think I think it might have been you having a conversation with recently around what you just said about what is possible and I think that's Mm. where part of some issues around class come up and people don't talk about it is where I think what like you said if if we're fixated by what we've seen around us and what's going into our head by the age that we're seven, then if you've been working class and like, yeah, I'm from working class family. I lived on, lived on a council estate. The primary school I went to was at the bottom of the council estate. And I would say 90% of people that went to that primary all lived on the same estate that I lived mm. on. And therefore, I thought that was an absolutely normal. Like My mum lives in a mid-terrace, two up, two down house. And that is what I thought yeah. everyone <laughs> lived like. And I know that some people have been listening to that and being like, what? Like, how could you <laughs> ever think that? But if you live, like, if, like, I live in a house that's basically exactly the same as my best friend, as, like, my friend lived the road behind me. And, like, some people obviously, like, had, there are some, you can have a semi, there's some semi-detached and three beds, but we all have houses that basically look exactly the same on the outside. And that was what all of my friends lived in. And... Yeah. Um, my grandma and granddad actually they had lived they had managed like to live in a nicer part of Nottingham by when I was when I, at some point when I was little but that was basically the only sort of proof I had of anyone else be of like diff, of like what I felt was possible for me and I think that's the thing I think where class sometimes people don't really talk about it is this idea of to really I think manifest you have to believe it is possible and you have to believe it's possible for you and so Mm. where I think some of the um like the blots can come for people is that they generally are like I just don't feel like they can't visualize it and that's I I was that's what I was trying to talk about recently I was saying some people have a better imagination than others some people can like visualize it and if they could might see someone on tv and even if they're not like them but they've managed to make this journey it can happen and that's why some people love a good rags to riches story mm-hmm. whereas I'm like no if I need more proof that it's possible for someone like me and I suppose for me I'm like 
more compounded because I'm like I've got the class and I've got the race that mm-hmm. together just makes me just feel like sometimes like what's the point like it's just too hard um and particularly I think in the world of um like woo-woo stuff that it definitely had felt for a long time online when I would see the people that were like talking about all these great experiences they would mainly be white women and it was very hard to connect to that and be like yeah and, and even because even for me I think there's a part of me that's like don't get me wrong I can understand how how hard it is to be working class as a white woman I absolutely can understand that but it's like realistically you manage to get rid of your accent you can probably sit in a room and be accepted and that's the thing where like accent for example is another thing like the north south divide of England because that does make a difference like uh, as soon as we talk it's like there are people yeah. that like I know I'm being judged, judged from the way we talk so so there's yeah. there's all that stuff and again so then when you're looking at Americans it's like I don't have any I don't have an idea at all about how like American accents work <laughs> to even know, like no but you know, because maybe there is there maybe there is an equivalent over there where people would they would be able to notice but obviously we can't hear that but for us it's so obvious like I have like the way I say book and bath and everything like it's obvious like that yeah well uh, I, th- I think with America it's probably the north south divide with America mm. but the other way around so I think if you have that maybe Texan Georgia accent you know uh, this this is from me understanding that culture and forgive me if I'm wrong but you know maybe it's seen as not as um of a a kind of high level as the LA or New York accent you know um like I can actually tell the different American accents quite well I know when someone's from LA I know when they're from New York and I and I do put that person's vision in my head like you know and, and what they look like but I think um I think you're right. And let's go back to this. Like I am a working class, but I am white and I can, I've been into many situations where I've totally been able to like pretend I'm something I'm not because I can do that. I don't have the color of my skin isn't stopping me from doing that and knowing deep down that there's still going to be judgment around it like I've been able to speak a little more delicate and you know whatever (laughs) it may be or I've been able to kind of just like beef myself up or whatever because ultimately I am white and you know people will look at me different than they will look at you if we're honest you know and maybe for you now to speak more into that like do you have any thoughts about being a black woman, a person of colour and this kind of woo-woo side? Like, I know we've spoke about it a lot and probably more in the represent, represent, I can't say that word, representation. (laughs) Yeah, I think my main thing is just about like the people in the space because I think when we talk about feeling, um, it it feels very white and there was, um, and it's just, yeah, it feels therefore like, well, our experiences are so differently that yeah you probably are coming from a place of more privilege that then to believe that someone something ethereal has got your back and is supporting and I think like the universe has got your back like I think that's like one of books that I definitely feel like triggered by like when I think of Gabrielle Bernstein and like the universe has got your back and I know she don't get me wrong like I know she's had like such a horrible story and she's been through all that stuff but 
I'm pretty sure like in this book, it's like she's got this long flowing blonde hair, white woman, like not overweight either. Like, you know, she's the classic example of like, other than her being a man of what like the white, like patriarchy society like would put up to be like, Mm. she can be, I'm like, yeah, I'm not saying you've not gone through hard times, but I can just believe it's easier for you to have made those changes to happen. And for then you to be accepted now. And then as soon as your story, you, that's why her story is then like just gain momentum. And I think what I what I do feel is that in terms of then the space, if all the leaders then become white women that look a certain way, it then stops other people coming in. And I think that's one of the, the difficulties I think I've probably found is, and that's partly me about me not searching hard enough. And this is a whole another issue because the fact is like there was... Um, I got served an advert once that was all around like great personal development in women's space. And they basically were all white women on the front covers. And I was like, you have, yeah. there are, there are black women that are in that space, like for sure, but they're not getting pulled up. They're not getting their profile raised, et cetera. So therefore you have to do the work further. Um, and so I think for me personally, I don't, I wouldn't say that, cause I don't think it's necessary to have someone who looks like you to be inspired by them and to learn from them, et cetera. I know I'm very open about some of the woo-woo people like um, like Denise for Thomas. Like she has helped me massively. But I do think mm-hmm. there is, when you get to certain points, I imagine that's where having someone more like you might help you to get over that next hurdle, for example, basically. And I think there's a point where then if you start to have doubt, starts to come in and stuff, and then you're like, oh, the reason why maybe it works for everyone else is because they're not like me. And it can just feed into that. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. I completely get that. And I remember you sharing that photo with me um, of all the white women. And, you know, I I want to say, I don't think you should be searching harder. I think it's up to the people who, you know, create these spaces or um, create these panels or create these awards. I looked at some awards recently. It was for um, the luxury sector and every single person was white. And it, it just, I wanted to scream because I knew every single person was white because there was probably nobody of color who was eligible for those awards because it was the luxury sector and probably everybody in those higher positions were white (laughs) and I just thought this is ridiculous (laughs) and so yeah I don't think you should be searching harder I think these people should be easier to find basically and but yeah um I think class and race and the woo-woo um again conversations that need to be had much much more um the other thing that I wanted to talk about, which is related in a sense, is this like conscious versus subconscious. So as we said, like about our upbringings, our subconscious will have learned so much through that time, through no fault of our own. Um, and, you know, consciously now we're trying to do things in a spiritual way, whether whether that's career, money, up leveling, whatever. Um, and something that I've realized is consciously I've been working so hard, ignoring the fact, and I think in a way being ignorant too, because I don't want to admit it, that I have a lot to undo subconsciously. And um, that's kind of hard. It's hard because 
I feel at the minute I'm playing the victim a lot and I hate admitting that that's really hard for me to admit but I just I feel this this sentence going through my head a bit of like it's so unfair like I'm trying so hard it's so unfair and then you kind of go on this dialogue of well I've created my own life I'm in control that's what everyone tells me you know um it's up to me what my life looks like and stuff. And I genuinely believe that for so long. And I do believe it to a certain extent. But I do think there's a level where there's something else that's taking control. And that's what's in your subconscious. Yeah, And I, I think, again, that's not spoke about enough. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone can deny that our subconscious is in control. Because it, it makes choices without us. It, it, our subconscious is what does the, you know, the quick mm. fire... It's our, it's, our yeah. re- it's our reflexes isn't it it's those mm-hmm. things that if you don't have a moment to think about it what happens automatically mm-hmm. all of our automatic reactions are in our, in our subconscious they are what we've learned from a young age and therefore you know I suppose a lot of the work we try and do consciously you know is around like reprogramming um but one of the things that like I was saying to you like I think one of the difficulties is trying to even uncover what you need to reprogram yeah and that can be that gets an issue in its own sense, and therefore, if you're like, how do you just like, how do you discover what's going on um, in the first place? But I think you are right that there is we can do a lot on a conscious level, but our, there is no denying that their subconscious is doing lots of work, and we need to we, we can't change all of that in a short period of time at all. Like, and I think that's the thing. I would say the, my main thing I would say probably about what I think is can sometimes be the dark side of the woo-woo is how people think they're going to change their life at the speed they're going to change it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think there's layers, which is something that I've kind of come across. Um, I was saying to my flatmate last night, actually, that it's like it's it's like it's a spiral. You deal with something, then you go round once, and then you're at a deeper level, and you deal with that same thing again. Then you go, you know, and it's it's you you digging deeper and deeper with the more work that you do. And I think again, it's just and I fully respect the you know the women who are out there who are really trying to help other women better themselves. And but I just feel there's a sometimes a lack of consideration for the complexity of our minds and who we are as humans and our backgrounds and our history and our past and you know whether uh, you know we have black skin or white skin or if we belong to a religion or if we're working class or you know there's so much that goes to it and I think sometimes that message is a bit too for the masses and I think there's women (laughs) sat there going what (laughs) do you think (laughs) Oh my gosh, Verity, you're just like talking my language so, so much. The complexities of our minds. Um, this is literally mm. everything, like everything about complexities of us as individuals at the moment is what I'm like so passionate about. And it's one, you know, I'll be really honest, like I have thoughts all the time around like, how do you scale, a bit, like scaling your businesses versus like giving what's really valuable and like mm. it's one of the reasons why I do one-on-one work because I just genuinely believe like so much things we are complex and you have to be able to work with someone to to really get results you've got to be able to dig deep and so often we're not mm. able to do that and I think one one of the big problems I would say with Woo Woo is everyone wants to write a nice book and everyone wants to have a gorgeous group program 
and they all get nice and rich and then they can share their nice little rags and riches story and they get higher and higher and you can you can make change in life don't get me wrong I'm not saying those people are not making changes for the women that are in these programs but you're only going to make so like so much because you are right it's this spiral you've got to keep going down you've got to dig deeper and deeper and deeper and unfortunately who is able to get access to that type of support yeah 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 that's oh god that's a whole other thing isn't it yeah something that I've battle with myself in my head but I think um I think I just I find it odd that as a 34 years old as a I'd like to think an intelligent woman <laughs> I've, I'm only just realizing these things and that's what scares me that's where I think why aren't these conversations happening more in a more open forum um on a bigger scale you know and um that's yeah I, I've still not got my head around that but I think um it's an element that again if, if there's something that you're trying to work on that you've been working on really hard and you're getting really frustrated and you're literally like I, I've given everything to this like, I literally can't give anymore this is what I felt in certain things and I would just say start to kind of maybe go a bit deeper into that subconscious level um there's different ways you can do that I think if you work with a therapist, if you have that financial capability, I work with a therapist who is um, at a lower price than normal because it's it's kind of through a charity thing. So there's there's definitely lots of options out there. Um, if you um, maybe have hypnotherapy or something that taps into your subconscious, if that's something you're um, okay about. Um, I've mentioned it before, but I'm part of a, a manifestation membership, which sounds a bit airy-fairy, but actually it's extremely powerful and extremely great to be magnetic. So I'll, I'll post about that as well. Um, but yeah, something just I want you to consider because I think we can all get really frustrated by when things aren't happening. And I think it's just not that black and white, basically. Um, and the last thing that I kind of wanted to mention was the shadow, your shadow. So again, I've drip fed this into different sessions, um, but it's something that I've only started looking at this past year. And the shadow side is basically the side of us that is kind of the side we don't want other people to see. We don't really want to admit to. It triggers us a bit, makes us feel really uncomfortable, but actually it's like our truest self. And um yeah, I've been doing work on it through different ways. I've been reading books, I've been listening to meditations, um, I've been watching videos. There's loads of different ways you can deal with it. But I think it's just to kind of say to you that for a lot of us, I feel like we've been raised to try and be the good woman, the nice woman, the kind woman, the woman who doesn't get angry, who um, is tolerable, who will nod and smile and say, yes, of course, who will take that job for a lower rate because deep down we know we're not worthy or we feel we're not worthy even though we are, you know, who will maybe settle in a relationship because our self-worth has been bashed down so much that we feel like, well, who else will have me? And, you know, it's the shadow is about really getting a grip of that side of you that is that little bit wild that little bit ugly that little bit not what we expect women to be so for me that's like getting angry getting irate getting um kind of in tune with myself on like a more 
um I suppose like you know sexual level you know something that was never spoke about at home like oh it's taboo like all those things that there's just shame around um and really get in touch with that side I suppose that is what the shadow is to me and something that I think we should all look into I know Bodhi has been going about it for ages um <laughs> at some point I'm sure I'll, I'll get around to it but I'm like I'm doing too many things right now <laughs> I'm just gonna put, park that for a little bit <laughs> but yeah it's it's good and I think it's it, you know what do they say they say anything that we kind of resist kind of come back well resist persist doesn't it that that kind of saying so um there was an example on a, a group call that I was on and, and this woman was resisting so much this feeling of shame that it kind of kept coming back and she was like how do I stop it from coming back and it's basically the answer is to acknowledge it to be like oh hey you're there you're horrible I hate how you make me feel but you're there and um hello like welcome like sit here make me feel uncomfortable but I'm kind of acknowledging you and it's again huge work big work if if you do have mental health challenges try and go through with the therapist instead of on your own but um something that I would definitely recommend you kind of educate yourself on a bit more yeah that was a heavy one that is for sure (laughs) you always say why do I always leave the heavy ones it's it's not a bad thing no I know but it's just funny isn't it like the last I can't remember the last one I did we we did like 10 top 10 things around Christmas and I did all the serious stuff and you did all the light stuff (laughs) there's nothing wrong with it and it's good this is why we're here you know we want to have some conversations around that aren't spoken about and like you said we definitely feel like we we, we could have sat here and said affirmations and journal and filler and do this mm. and I'm sure Verity would have done a, a lovely hour to run your own full circle in the moonlight <laughs> but <laughs> um, but you know we want us to talk about the side that isn't spoken about en- enough so if there's anything else you know maybe you have been there's another topic that you think you know we all talk about the light fluffy nice side of it and we're not talking about the, the the ugly the hard dark side of it if there's anything else please do drop us a message we're absolutely here to try obviously we're just two normal women so that <laughs> we're not we but we're here to try and start um having these conversations that we know that people want to have but they don't currently have and is there anything mm-hmm. else before we finish Rarity, on the dark side of woo woo no i just think you know if you've listened to this it may have made you start thinking about certain stuff um I feel like I said this in the last episode but it's just being kind and gentle to ourselves I all of a sudden you may be real things may have clicked and you know or it could have made you angry like you could have you know you could be someone working class and thinking yeah like I'm just so annoyed with how everything is and how it's set up and I think just let whatever feelings are be and whatever's like really struck a chord with you today like go and google it like just learn a bit more about it because it may be the start of something that is going to really help you like be content and peaceful in your life so I think just be curious I think that was would be the thing that I would say so yeah but we will leave you with that today (laughs) yeah thank you so much everyone for listening as always please feel free to get in touch with us on social and free and figuring it out and you can drop us an email at free and figuring it out at gmail.com and we will be back next friday hopefully a little bit lighter so see you then 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.